All right, here's the disclaimer. There's explicit language on today's show, so I hope you heard me so that you won't be offended later on. But you may be, because you might not be able to hear me right now over your electric toothbrush or the car engine or the neighbor's dog who just won't seem to quit barking. But I've done my part. A woman in Australia found a wild animal living in her Christmas tree. Any guesses as to what kind of animal it was? I will confirm your guess coming up next. Hey, hey, hey! The Daily Detour. Welcome in. I'm Dan Roberts. That's the music of Quickie. And we have a wild animal stuck in a Christmas tree. What do you do? What do you do? This took place in Australia. Amanda McCormick found a wild animal uh, huddled up on her Christmas tree. If you guessed kangaroo, you're wrong. If you guessed dingo, I'm not really sure what a dingo is, but I know that if you mark all your spots on the dingo board, you get a prize. But you got to be the first one to yell it. No, I guess it's a wild dog. So kind of like a wolf or a coyote, but in Australia. And also the wrong answer. The correct answer, if you guessed she had a koala bear in her Christmas tree. Well, you're absolutely correct. So give yourself a hand. Yeah. Koala bear in the Christmas tree. I guess it's not uncommon in Australia to find a koala bear in your home, especially if you left the door open, I suppose. Apparently, they are as common as a comedian sleeping on a friend's couch in Australia. Maybe they find the key under the mat or under that little rock, that plastic rock in the gravel nearby. They wait until you're not home. Then they grab it from under the rock and they get in the house and they climb your Christmas tree. Anyway, they have a wildlife rescue group for that if uh, you're ever in Australia and find yourself uh, with a koala bear in your hotel room or whatever. It's 1-300-KOALAS with a Z. And so the number was called, the koala was removed, but not before. Several pictures were taken and have since gone viral. It's pretty cute. Really kind of looks like uh, the koala bear is posing for the pictures. Anyway, tis the season to be jolly. Koala la 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 la. Stole that, but I love it. Yesterday, I had Andrew Rivers on the show as we begin Homeschool Week. Homeschool, the name of his podcast with Corey Michaelis. Corey joins us today. But before we get there, how about some entertainment news? It's time for the Daily Dish. We'll start with Dolly Parton. She does things a little bit differently than you and I. You know how your uh, parents always told you uh, to wear clean underwear every day because you never know when you're going to be taken to the hospital or, you know, Get lucky on a date for that matter, but I'm sure your parents didn't tell you that part. But yeah, you want clean underwear when you go to the hospital. It's a bad enough situation if you're being taken to the hospital. Uh, You don't want the embarrassment of dirty underwear as well. So Dolly Parton does it one uh, step further. Being Dolly, being famous, being glamorous, she says she has to be ambulance ready at all times. And she sleeps in her makeup. She cleans up in the morning And I guess reapplies it right away before she's seen by the public. All of this in case she gets sick or injured. You never know if the tour bus, she says, is going to get in a wreck while you're asleep or whatever. So anyway, if you ever see Dolly at the hospital, she'll look like Dolly. There is no missing her. Although it is possible that she'll be so distracted, so busy putting on her hair and makeup that she will forget to put on clean underwear. Oh, Dolly! I don't know what's in the water this week with uh, classic rock artists, but they're getting rid of their stuff. And by their stuff, I mean their songs. Stevie Nicks sold the copyrights to some of her most popular songs in a deal reportedly valued at 100 
million dollars. Cue the Dr. Evil music right there, which I won't be playing for you because of uh, copyright restrictions. Ironically, anyway, she sold uh, 80% of the rights to the Edge of 17 landslide dreams and more, making the uh, company that bought them presumably a lot of money uh, in the long run. Still popular tracks. And Bob Dylan has done the same thing, which is sort of confusing because he just did that thing in the UK where he officially released a bootleg so that he could retain, keep control of the copyrights of that recorded material because the uh, copyright laws in the UK are quite different from here in the US. But now he has sold the copyright for uh, 60 years worth of music, 60 years worth of Bob Dylan gems for more than $200 million, maybe even more than $300 million. Nobody knows for sure except Bob Dylan and the Universal Music Group. Of course, it's going to take them 60 years to decipher what he said and re-release the tracks, but you know. The times, they are changing. What are those lyrics, Bob? I don't know, man. Never wrote them down. KFC is making a Lifetime movie. That's right, Kentucky Fried Chicken is making a Lifetime movie starring Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. Because that's what women want. They want a rom-com with the colonel. I guess if he looks like Mario Lopez, the answer to that might be yes. Yes, they do. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it's called a recipe. (laughs) Of course it is. It's called a recipe for seduction. And you'll be able to see it December 13th at noon on Lifetime. Television for women who love their chicken. I can't imagine there'll be any murder in the movie, but is it really a Lifetime movie if no one gets killed? The chicken doesn't count, right? I don't think the chicken counts. We both know this is a big PR stunt. It's probably, they're probably using the term movie loosely. Maybe it's a cinematic, you know, 60 second to three minute piece. Although it's a better PR piece if it's like a two hour movie, because who would do that in their right mind? And we'll wrap up the Daily Dish with the fallout, the backlash over the HBO Max deal, where they are taking all of their 2021 slate of scheduled theatrical releases, still releasing them in the theaters, those that are open, but also releasing them simultaneously on HBO Max, their streaming service. Uh, First of all, Christopher Nolan, famous director, has made a lot of good movies, including the Dark Knight films. He is ripping HBO Max, calling it the worst streaming service out there. He says Warner Brothers had been an incredible machine for getting a filmmaker's work out everywhere, both in theaters and in the home, and they are dismantling it as we speak. They don't even understand what they're losing. Their decision makes no economic sense, and even the most casual Wall Street investor can see the difference between disruption and dysfunction. Of course, two things going on here. The pandemic being the big one, you know, who, who knows when there'll be any kind of a big box office opening in the future. Not to mention, even pre-pandemic, there was a change happening in the way that people wanted to view those movies. Why, why do you think that they were able to take out all of those seats, uh, you know, half the seats, and replace them with recliners and not really raise the ticket price? I mean, there's fewer people going to the movies. It's just the way it is. And I don't mean to sound cold about it. I, I like going to the movies. Talked about that on a previous episode. You know, uh, there, there's a lot of negatives to going to the movies at the same time. If it was just my friends and I or family and I, there's some kind of ticket price where you can just rent out the theater for yourself, which actually does exist. You know, as long as you can guarantee a pleasant experience, I, I love the theater. Unfortunately, there are no guarantees. And you can't always get your money back when things go south through no fault of your own. 
Anyway, so Christopher Nolan not happy about their plans. And wow, this gets interesting because Legendary Entertainment, the people behind Dune, which was due in theaters this year and will still be in theaters, but also on HBO Max at the same time. They are also coming out with Godzilla versus Kong. So these are, you know, blockbuster wannabes. They have as good a shot as anything with those. Those are franchise names. Those are household names. Godzilla, Kong, Dune, very popular properties. And now they may not make back their money, this legendary entertainment who co-financed the films. And they say they might take legal action against Warner Brothers, saying they had no idea that the studio was going to do this. They weren't really involved in the decision-making process, and they're going to lose money. So one wonders what's going on there at HBO Max and Warner Brothers. I think they're just trying to take lemons and make lemonade, but not everybody likes lemonade, as it turns out. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the future. Oh, I have nothing on this yet, but uh, Wayne's World. There was a Wayne's World reunion uh, on YouTube. Look for Josh Gad, you know. Josh Gad, do you want to build a snowman? Season 2, Episode 1 is a Wayne's World reunion with Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Tia Carrere, and some surprise guests. We're not worthy! And I am going to have to watch that. Right now, it is time to continue Homeschool Week with Andrew Rivers and Corey Michaelis from the Homeschool Podcast. Can we curse on this? Yeah, you can. I don't care. I'll put a disclaimer ahead of the podcast, so it'll be good. Yeah. And you guys are roommates, right? Usually. I I think you're in separate cities now, but aren't you? No, we don't. We aren't aren't roommates. No. Why did I think that? (laughs) I thought you lived together. Well, because he's always doing jokes about his poor roommates. So you're like, I must be Corey. <laughs> All, right. All right. My bad. Out of work roommate. Yeah, you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. Corey. And, uh, well, now I have to scrap all these, all these questions now. Uh, well, how no, did you guys? Just, uh, we're just hanging out together all the time. And yeah. uh, no did... one else wants to hang out with me. So he takes pity on me. And At what stage of the game did you guys get to know each other? Was it after you were already getting paid to do gigs or was it earlier than that? Barbecue joint. What was that place called? Uh, I don't remember. Guy's name. Again, no. I think I might be able to come up with it. It's probably out of business by now. Oh, yeah. It was out of business like the week after we did the show. (laughs) Yeah, we took all their money. And uh, there's a few venues that comedy comedy was the last thing they ever did. Well, yeah, it was Bob River's son. So, uh, ah, well, this guy, he was running the show, producing this comedy show at a barbecue joint that I mean, in, in hindsight, site as far as as far as a random room goes it was separate from their little like seated restaurant like it had a stage and there was this whole group of us um were, his was current roommate john comedians. was there was yeah, that yeah. there's a john. bunch of good comedians we just weren't good yet you know yeah right Jay, well that's cool though Jay hollingsworth Jay hollingsworth is there ashley uh i don't know if he still does com- i mean he everyone's right. messages yeah. me and he's like can I do your show? I'm like, oh, you do. I didn't know you did comedy. All right, yeah. <laughs> Jim Kellner, who's now a comedy hypnotist living in Arizona, has he hypnotized uh, you? It doesn't work on smart people, I don't think. So <laughs> I tried. Well, maybe to I save should give it a try. Me and Andrew tried one night. Right? Was that you? You were there, right? No. Oh yeah, yeah. We did that at Giggles one time. Yeah. But you've or, seen it uh, work, whatever. But you've seen it work well, on an audience. I've seen people pretend, but right. uh, you know who knows. One of the I worst hired shows. Him to hypnotize me for to like save my relationship, and uh, but it didn't really <laughs> help. So. I love Jim. He's really cool. He's a sweet guy, and he's good. He's a good hypnotist. I have, however, been at one of his first shows where we went. We drove out to 
middle of nowhere and there was this big huge like you know churches have like a basketball court but has like carpet on it because they it's like multi-purpose you know and yeah is one of those kind well, of Jesus, things. Jesus played basketball, so that's <laughs> required. Uh, he's <laughs> good. He's good. Just draining threes. Anyway, it was like hardly any people there, and they were old. And I was like, I guess I got to go up on stage to help out. <laughs> and it didn't work. And oh, then yeah. um, also didn't work at, well, laughs, but it, old giggles location. And um, anyway, well, they were all there. This guy, the barbecue. Anyway, barbecue joint was where oh, the guy kept being like, gonna be a good show we got bob river's son he's gonna be here. i was like oh okay i don't i don't know who either one of those people are but great yeah and then andrew at the time he uh he he would he'd wear a white collared shirt with a kind of tie that i was trying to match the tie or something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay i remember <laughs> and it was always like the top button undone and undone tie a little bit like he was a you know drunk groomsman or whatever and uh I had and, no vest. Uh, I don't. I still he don't. He never wore the vest. He never had the vest. But uh, he came in and, uh, and he was like, "I was like, it's just this fucking guy." I don't. <laughs> Did you resent him because he was getting like more his introduction? I mean, was yeah, it was like a year in, and I, and I was like, and I didn't know anything about anything, and so I was, you know, you're you're always kind of like. Anytime you go to any comedy show and you walk in the green room, you're like, "All right, who's it going to be?" Does what, that fade know. over time? That that competitive feeling because you know you're good, right? Oh yeah, I don't. He, he, we, we now we try to do anything we can to support each other's, yeah. Because we know if uh, well, I know if he writes something good, then I get to be in it, maybe. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, that's what's fun about our podcast too. Is like you know we just write jokes together and uh and and sometimes i'll give him the punchline or like he'll give me his punchline or you know yeah. well i listened to your together. i listened to your podcast uh the most i think the most recent episode and i was ex- i had heard about the monologue jokes right and but i was expecting you i don't know what i was expecting i guess i was expecting andrew to run off his jokes and then Corey does his jokes but you really presented it as almost a conversation like a, sc- a scripted conversation because the jokes are there but did you help each other write each line? We have a Google Maybe, Doc yeah. going, and Andrew writes the lines share, especially early in the week, and then I tag a bunch, and then I throw some in too, and then anytime we get a shot, we just go in and go, oh, you know, uh, this, you know, we just label <laughs> Corey, Andrew, Corey, Andrew, yeah. and sometimes uh, we'll be like, well, sometimes I'll I'll put a premise down, and then he'll write a punchline. Like if I don't have a punchline yet, I'll just go, something's here, I don't know yet. And then he'll come up with something, and then that makes me think of something else, and then we kind of riff off of that, uh, uh, you know, on each other. Yeah. Now those those jokes have a shelf life because they're very topical. So is the goal like would would you ever I bust mean, those out on stage? Yeah, I mean that's well, Andrew, where the yeah. special came from. Basically, yeah. is just doing that over and over yeah. again. And and some of the things like you know I look I use them for my dad's podcast and I you know yeah. I just use the jokes in any capacity and yeah. and there's a lot of jokes. This is the thing too is I only started doing this much writing since March since the pandemic. So like there's really not an opportunity for me to go to an open mic and test it out. Right. Um, so there's probably a lot of good material in there. I just don't know yet. And then, yeah. and then it's like this weekend I'm opening for this super Christian comic. So I'm like, I gotta be on my best behavior. I gotta make sure that every joke is palatable. Every baby is alive. Right. 
Yeah, maybe the baby's alive. That's great. So uh, he is funny sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, jeez. Um, yeah, so it's just like uh, I'm not going to pull out a lot of new, uh, you know, maybe on the last show I'll try, you know, once I get my yeah. feet comfortable, I'll try a couple new things maybe. But well, and then again, hard. it's like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I only have 20 minutes, too. So it's like, right. you know, I got to do this. I have to do the shirt merch pitch. I have to, you know. Well, I have probably, to do this joke. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a great way to keep your writing skills sharp because, uh, especially now, because you got to write about your life, kind of. And when life is this boring, you kind. I mean, right. going to the headlines isn't a bad idea, you right? Know? I mean, that's yeah. the other thing yeah. too. Is talking about traveling as a comedian and 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 as it relates to our life too. You know, right, I think right. like we have a bunch of uh, Queen's Gambit jokes this week. And uh, I haven't even seen it, but I. Know that's popular. And yeah. I was in chess club in high school. So, you know, I'll relate to being a loser in high school. You are smart. I think it's a, you know, better attitude to have probably that all of your jokes have a bit of a shelf life. But also I give Andrew a bad time because I feel like he has too short of a shelf life for a lot of his jokes two reasons one because sometimes i'm like there's more there or maybe you know it could use more stage or whatever it could be even better not like i'm saying it's not good but also like he has a bunch of material that isn't um out anywhere you know and it's not like and this isn't his whatever fault i have a streaming album just because i just whatever got kind of lucky and caught them at a time when they were like yeah we'll put out anybody's and we'll do it right now and what's that album called for people that the collage dropout that's right the collage dropout and that it took him almost a year to get it on serious xm stuff and so it took almost a year for me to get any real money for it. but now monthly i get you know a, a decent amount and uh it's super been super helpful since march but anyway so the, for those two reasons sometimes i'm like hey get that out on fucking put that out on a thing or yeah, yeah. Get that streaming or get that Work something. But YouTube, I mean, he's very active on YouTube and he's TikTok. And we both learned of like, oh, just put the material out. Just, you know, just. Well, that's the thing, too, is you can fix it later on. I mean, none of those jokes are necessarily dead, but it also allows me the opportunity to shelf them and say, let's see if I can come up with another 10 or 15 minutes, you know. Or even a line, a line could end up in your act in two years that you wrote that was about, you know, Giuliani taking his pants off, but the line will work for any creep. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, right. Does it in two years, and there's not a shortage of those. So, have you thought about (laughs) submitting your jokes to the late night shows? Have you done that already, or is it you'd rather keep them for yourself? I think Andrew and his man should. I think Andrew and his management should work on that. I think he would be really good at a job like that if he wanted it. I uh, yeah. I've uh, I've submitted a couple packets and uh, and uh, not heard back. But um, I also auditioned for Fallon in December. Nice. And uh, they, you know, no, nothing's guaranteed. But they kind of they kind of said. At least my manager said like. Hey, my last client that did one of these showcases got it a year later. Right. And so I was like, oh, so like within a year? He's like, probably. And I was like, oh, And I know okay, I've great. heard I've heard there's like a back and forth. I don't know if it's different now than it was back in the old days, but I mean, they'll like tell you what's great and what they want you to work on or what to take. I mean, there's like a whole I haven't got that far in the process, yeah. but um um yeah, I just submitted a video a couple times and he ignored me. And then I finally sent him one that he liked, I guess. And he was like, 
hey, we're having an audition this week. What are you doing? And I was like, yeah. can you give me like a little more notice? But um, yeah, it worked out. I did the audition. It, it was great. I had a good set. I felt great. So then in December, I was thinking like, okay, so at the end of the year, but then there was no Tonight Show for like six months. So, right. you know, I don't know. Am I in the back of the line? Does the line right. exist anymore? I know, the pandemic. Conan is leaving late night. Yeah. You know. The, the but there end- are plenty of opportunities out there, so I'm trying to capitalize on a few things. My buddy um, Steve Hofstetter has a huge uh, YouTube channel with like 750,000 subscribers, so he's going to put my special out on his channel oh, pretty nice. soon, and uh, we're going to work on getting the album deal. And Because uh, yeah. I signed, I filmed a special in February also with my old act, and I've been uh, the same company that Corey signed <laughs> to, and they just, uh, they don't, they, you know, they, they supposedly are going to put it out in January, but they're not real communicative with me. Oh, before, yeah. I, before I forget, I don't know if you know this, Corey, and I hope you get royalties from this, but a couple of, uh, when I still had a radio job, Jesus, um, your, a couple of your comedy clips ended up on the prep sheet that goes out to like all the stations in the country. What? Yeah. No, I know I that they it. do pay because I've gotten some parody songs I mean, I you know, uh. but I don't know how it works when they grab a clip from an existing stand-up. I don't. <laughs> I don't. He wouldn't even know who to call to ask. Don't have, well, definitely didn't news, get any money from that. I have had that maybe, people heard it. Right. I have had a handful of people go, oh, I heard you on the radio this morning. And I'm like, what you, I no, I was on the radio this morning. They're like, <laughs> no, your bit was on the 520 funny or whatever they, you know, right. whatever thing. And I'm like, oh. That's cool, but a heads up, everybody. Uh, all right, I get you know I can't share it now. Yeah, whatever. So yeah. it is weird. Um, like sometimes yeah. we wake up to like uh, like tw- you know twenty friend requests and seven messages, and you're like, did a clip of mine go somewhere? Who? Right. Wh- where? Where are you coming from? You know? <laughs> or were you ever so drunk or, or stoned that you're like, oh. where, what did I do last night? Where are all these friend requests coming from? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. never, never. <laughs> Not me. I'm I'm not no, the social never. Butterfly, but uh Andrew just smokes weed in his own hotel room. That's or <laughs> not a hotel room, hotel patio with a yeah. guy with COVID. A guy who has COVID. And there you have it, a peek into the minds of two working comedians, Andrew Rivers and Corey Michaelis. Homeschool podcast is their thing. They might be the next Martin and Lewis someday. Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin, or they could be the next Martin and Martin. You know, Martin Short and Steve Martin. Or they could be the next Bonnie and Clyde. Things could take a turn. You never know. Either way, what I'm saying is you will know their names one day. The question is just how will you know their names? Anyway, their homeschool podcast is available for download wherever you get podcasts. So check it out maybe after you finish this one. And we'll have more with them tomorrow. Corey uh, actually has a background as a school teacher. The fact that he has exploited in his comedy act. And we'll talk to him about that tomorrow. Whether that uh, helped him or hurt him what people's reactions are when they find out you're a teacher. Meanwhile, I'm interested in your story. If you have a good Christmas story, a memory, a toy, a visit with Santa, a family event, reunion, whatever, if you have a a Christmas memory that's special to you, it can be sentimental. It can be hilarious. As long as it's yours, as long as it's real, and it's something that you want to share, uh, send me an email at dailydetourpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to read your letter, or if you would rather... Tell me about it yourself. We can arrange that too at dailydetourpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave me a message on the Anytime Listener line, 
650-0731. But I know we all like to text these days, and email is about as close as I can get you to a text. Speaking of Christmas, for years I have uh, made Christmas cards and sent them out, a tradition that is now uh, becoming more and more out of fashion. However, I think it's a different story when they're handmade, right? I mean, you design them yourself anyway. And then mass produce them. A lot of people do that with their family photos, and I enjoy it. And uh, honestly, if it weren't for Christmas cards, I might not even still be drawing today. Because you know how it is in life. You get sidetracked with other things. You, you only have time to do so much in a day. But somehow I always found time to draw at Christmas time. And now many of those designs I've placed up in my little merch shop. So uh, take a look. It's Santa in the hot rods. Santa with a guitar and a, and a big amplifier. Santa World Tour t-shirts. Just fun stuff. Pretty cheap, too. Tee Public does a good job of keeping the prices down, especially in December. And I've made it as easy as I can for you. The link to the shop is in the description, the episode description on the Daily Detour podcast here. And that's all I got. That's the sales plug. I will say uh, Christmas is going to be over, and those shirts are going to be down. They're going to be gone. And hopefully I'll find time to draw some other stuff to put up there. They actually will let you license uh, different shows, different characters, and put them on uh, t-shirts with your own designs. And there's an approval process, obviously, but I'm, I'm eyeballing that because I'm a big fan of the Venture Brothers, and that's one of the things that I can draw and make a little money from. And then there's other titles like uh, Back to the Future, Rick and Morty. I'd probably be more inclined to do Back to the Future, but I'd probably be better at doing Rick and Morty. Uh, so we'll see. But that, that's the kind of stuff I'm kind of uh, looking at doing in the near future. Plus, as always, you can get your Daily Detour uh, coffee mug or t-shirt there. And that's all I got for you today. I got to go fight with the unemployment website. This thing, you try to do the simplest things. It just I've been rejected by this site more than I've ever been rejected by women in my life. You think getting a date is a crapshoot. Try going on the Washington unemployment website. The odds of George getting some minestrone from the soup Nazi were, were on Seinfeld were much better than the odds of me making it through an entire uh, question and answer with that website in one sitting. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, we we're about to leave. Thanks for listening. The next episode drops tomorrow. You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits, LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts, music by Quickie, and I'm your announcer, Libet Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment. And we'll chat with you next time. Hey!